Hello and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Today is an exciting day for many high school athletes and their families. It's National Girls and Women in Sports Day, which is going to get a lot of play today with the current state of girls and women's sports, right? We are going to hear more about that in a bit with Senator and former football coach Tommy Tuberville. But first, the big headlines out of the nation's capital. The House of Representatives vote to impeach Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas failed, as did the House vote on a standalone aid package for Israel, both led by Republicans in the Republican-led House. Years of dealing with the border as a federal prosecutor and the former chairman of this committee. I've never seen it this broken. That's because of one man's actions, his refusal to enforce the law, his rescission of successful policies like remain in Mexico, his breach of public trust, his dereliction of duty has led to 8 million encounters, 300 on the terror watch list, 2.3 million aliens released into the interior enough to fill 13 states. 200,000 young Americans have died due to fentanyl poisoning. These numbers are clear. Secretary Mayorkas is the architect of destruction, and the legal justification for his impeachment is strong. That's Texas Representative Michael McCall making the case for impeachment on the House floor yesterday, which failed in a 216 to 215 vote. Eric Bowling spoke about it with Florida Congressman Matt Gates. Congressman, you lost. I'm blown away. Boom. I mean, the board is secure. He lied. Dereliction of duty. Who are these four? Gallagher, Ken Buck, McClintock, Blake Moore, who switched his vote. We'll get to all that. But Mike Gallagher, I thought he was a... I thought he's America first kind of guy. Am I wrong? Uh, This morning, Mike Gallagher stood before the House conference and said that he didn't believe that there would be any limiting principle on impeachment if Mayorkas was impeached. I strongly disagree with that. The limiting principle is a purposeful violation of the law. Mayorkas is not an incompetent person. He's not the Mr. Magoo of the border. It's more like he's the evil genius who's facilitated a system with a requisite amount of pull factors in the United States with housing, transportation, cell phone, child care for all of these illegals, and they've come by the millions. I think what really swayed me was that of the 8 million people we've encountered and released into the country, the Department of Homeland Security's own inspector general fessed up that we don't know who and where six million of them are. So that middle finger that America remembers getting from that criminal illegal alien, it's sort of like the House of Representatives gave that middle finger to the American people tonight. And so while Blake Moore did not intentionally, you know, vote, he would have voted to impeach Mayorkas. He voted no at the end as a procedural matter so that we have the ability to consider this later in the week. Uh, My other three colleagues took a, a very unfortunate position. We'll talk about that a little bit. Blake Moore was a yay, and then he switched to a nay. He switched to a nay when it was 215-215, so it's kind of deadlocked. It, you know, first layman, it, you would think that would be the impetus to take another vote and maybe get, get it sure. past the finish line. Why did he switch? 
because you're only able to reconsider a matter if you are on the prevailing side of the vote. So we didn't have any of our people that were part of the 215 that had voted no. So trust me, Blake Moore wants Mayorkas impeached. Uh, but I got to tell you, Bowling, as I'm watching that board and it's 215 to 215, I have never missed George Santos more. Like in what irony that the <laughs> New York Republicans who drove Santos out of Congress, who are watching the children in their state being driven out of schools so that those schools can become migrant housing centers, that now we don't get to execute on an impeachment trial of Mayorkas because they threw George Santos out. I also wondered, like, wouldn't it have been nice to still have Kevin McCarthy in the House of Representatives? Never thought you'd hear me say that. But Kevin McCarthy, after being dislodged as speaker, took his marbles and went home. He would have been a reliable vote for impeachment. But if he wasn't speaker, he wasn't willing to stick around. And I think that the, the errant expulsion of Santos and the abject selfishness of Kevin McCarthy contributed to this result as much as the three Republican members who, who voted no. So Blake Moore's vote was a strategic move. And again, the other three no votes, because I know you want to know, are Ken Buck of Colorado, Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin, and California Rep Tom McClintock. Last words from Matt Gates. It was at the very beginning of this Congress that we were talking a lot about impeachment, but I think we lost momentum by, I mean, we should have impeached this guy in the first several weeks. We should have had that type of intense focus on it. And maybe we never would have gotten the votes, but I will credit Mike Johnson to this. We had the vote because the old way of doing things is if you don't have the votes, you just cancel it. You wring your hands, you avoid the embarrassment. But look, the American people need to see who is voting to keep this guy in his job and who would like to remove him. And then and in our republic, the voters ultimately get to determine whether or not to keep those representatives uh, as, as their leaders. And right now, I think that you know, Mayorkas owns this failure. Biden owns this failure. They could secure the border at any time. But we demoralize our own voters when we gaslight this prospect of accountability. And then and then we fail to deliver on it because of poor choices that are self-inflicted. Florida Congressman Matt Gates on the balance with Eric Bowling. We demoralize our own voters, Republicans, when we gaslight the prospect of accountability and then we fail to deliver on it. End quote from Matt Gates on another failure by the Republicans. But according to Gates, the attempt to impeach Mayorkas isn't over. Meanwhile, the man who is really responsible for it all continues to blame this and every other issue on the former president. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. All right. Let me tread lightly. I'm struggling to maintain journalistic uh, integrity or neutrality here with this because it's just so unbelievable. Every day between now and November, which means he's completely politicizing it, completely making it about the campaign, which is what he is accusing Donald Trump of doing. And again, his MAGA friends, if he said make America great again instead of MAGA, then he and everybody else would realize how much more ridiculous that sounds. Make America great again, people want to do this. 
As ridiculous as that is, he says it because he knows there are people that will believe it. Caroline Levitt, the National Press Secretary for Trump 2024, spoke about the border bill with our Bianca de la Garza. There was less money spent to secure the border better under Trump and also President Biden's role in this completely being overlooked by the House uh, Democrat, uh, Democrats and the Senate uh, who want to say that this is going to be the Republicans playing politics, Carolyn. Yeah, President Trump is 100% right, and any senator or House member, Republican or Democrat, who votes for this bill should be ashamed of themselves because this is not a border bill. This is an amnesty bill, and this is a Ukraine funding bill. There's $60 billion in this bill to fund Ukraine. There's only $20 billion to fund the border, and not one of those $20 billion will actually deter illegal immigration from this country. As a matter of fact, it will help facilitate it. There's a a cap on 5,000 illegal immigrants per week. That is 4,000 more than Barack Obama and Joe Biden when he was vice president deemed as a crisis level. It would also grant mass work permits to these illegal immigrants in our country, more than 2 million of them per, per year, which would completely wipe out our American labor industry and take away good paying American jobs. We don't need a border bill. What we need is a president who will rightfully use his executive order to secure the border and to re-implement the policies of President Trump's administration, which were extremely effective and created the most secure border in history. We don't need this bill. We need a new president. We need President Trump who will re-implement well, Remain in Mexico and we... amnesty for illegals and protect our homeland. Caroline Levitt, press sec for Trump 2024 on Newsmax. And let's not forget about the border czar, Vice President Kamala Harris, who has been to the border once because she's too busy traveling the world looking for the root cause of immigration. Why aren't more people in the media putting more heat on her? I should say more people in the media, more people in Congress, Americans in general. Why aren't we seeing her in interviews? Why aren't we hearing more from the border czar appointed by President Biden? It's ludicrous. And that's an insult to ludicrous. Fast and furious forever. No one is talking to Kamala Harris because they're all too busy talking about the appeals court denying Donald Trump's claim of immunity in the January 6th insurrection case. Let's go to constitutional law expert Alan Dershowitz. Here to weigh in, Alan Dershowitz, professor emeritus at Harvard Law School. Professor, good to see you, and thank you so much for being patient with us and getting you going here. Um, so this news has come in, as, as you've heard, again, in a D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals denying the presidential immunity claim. Um, some are saying that, or rather the president saying now, his team, that they would again appeal this to the highest court in the land. Can we get your initial reaction to this breaking news? Well, it's no surprise at all. Everybody knew that but we come down unanimously this way as soon as we heard the oral argument. Uh, both sides in the argument went too far. The Trump side went too far by suggesting that um, even if uh, a president ordered the SEALs to kill his opponent, that would be uh, immunized. And the other side went too far by saying essentially nothing is immunized. I suspect the Supreme Court, if they take the case, will split the difference and say there are certain actions that are subject to immunity and others that are not. The issue in this case now has really become timing because the Court of Appeals has given a limited time to try to get a stay from the Supreme Court. In order to get a stay, you need five votes. In order to get review, you need four votes. So if the court gets four people to review the case, probably there will be a stay granted, but it's not certain. 
Right. Um, and, and of course, we're wondering, this is new, right? The fact that we're even discussing presidential immunity in this regard is something we haven't seen before. And it makes me wonder just about precedent. You think about future administrations. Uh, how much pressure is the Supreme Court facing right now in this moment? Well, it's facing pressure, but it, of course, can resist the pressure by simply denying review. Look, this is unprecedented on both sides. No president has ever been indicted after he left office, and no president has ever claimed immunity. I mean, the court is dead wrong when it says that uh, essentially uh, uh, nobody is above a criminal prosecution. Senators are. Senators and congressmen can't be prosecuted for things they said and did on the uh, Senate and House floor. Uh, even judges have some degree of immunity, so it, it shouldn't be surprising that uh, presidents have some immunity. The question, as it is with senators and judges, is how much immunity? It's a, it's a matter of degree. And, of course, we live in an age where nothing anymore is a matter of degree. Everything is just pick sides. And this court picked sides and decided it was going to be part of the get Trump mentality and, and write a very, very... Uh, a powerful uh, opinion, one-sided opinion, uh, laying out uh, essentially the case against any immunity. And we'll see if the Supreme Court does the same thing. Uh, I, I suspect the Supreme Court will either deny review, which is very possible, or if they take the case, it'll be a very divided opinion. It won't be unanimous, I don't think. Constitutional law expert and Harvard professor Alan Dershowitz on National Report with Sean Kreisman and Emma Reckenberg. 9 a.m. Eastern, that is right after Wake Up America. Dershowitz saying the ruling and even a potential Supreme Court ruling is really a matter of degree and how it's interpreted. More from Carl Higby. None of this was based on the merits of the actual presidential immunity clause. They used presumption of guilt to deny him a defense on the issue of immunity. It's insane saying this. Here, former President Trump's actions allegedly violated generally applicable criminal laws, meaning those acts were not properly within the scope of his lawful discretion. They provide him no structural immunity from the charges in the indictment. Okay, but what is the crime? No one has had a specific answer on this. It's just Trump broke the law. And when you do note a specific law, Nothing he did meets the criteria of actually breaking that law. How is this inciting anything? I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. No reasonable person can convict him of anything on this. And using the legal process to challenge something, by the way, is not a crime, despite what the Democrats want to do here. I recognize that getting a fair trial in D.C., an area that votes like 90 percent Democrat, which is why it's falling apart, it's not exactly filled with reasonable people. But that's a feature of this machine. It's not a bug. This three-judge panel judge panel today essentially removed presidential immunity because they thought Trump was already guilty, not on the basis of the historical application of actual presidential immunity. They noted, quote, Former President Trump's alleged efforts to remain in power despite losing the 2020 elections were, if proven, an unprecedented assault on the structure of our government. But it's not proven. So rule on the issue at hand, not if it's proven. If you, if you go to court, you or I, and you're charged with, pick one, murder, okay, and they illegally tap your phone, and you make the motion to remove that from evidence because it was illegally obtained, 
They can't enter it into the court anyway on the basis of, well, the crime you haven't been convicted of is really serious and bad, so therefore your Fourth Amendment rights don't apply and it will be entered into evidence anyway. That, that's exactly what they just did to Trump. The court went on to say, for the purpose of this criminal case, former President Trump has become a citizen uh, become citizen Trump with all the defenses of any other criminal defendant, but any executive immunity that may have protected him while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. But the actions in question were while he was president. And this is why none of this makes sense to, to me or just about anybody I've talked to today. There is a process to charge a president while he's president. This has been completely circumventing the act of impeachment. He was impeached, but not found guilty in the Senate. There, end of story. That should be it. Carl Higby is the host of Frontline, 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Let me note that Carl is not an attorney. He is a Navy SEAL, which means he can easily kill you if he wanted to, but he is not an attorney. But like Carl said, the alleged crime of insurrection, which Trump has never been charged with, happened when he was the president. So it really shouldn't matter that he's now a citizen when the alleged crime in question is from when he was the president. And I mentioned today is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, which someday could be National Girls and Women who used to be men in Sports Day. This takes us to a segment on yesterday's edition of National Report with Alabama Senator and former coach Tommy Tupperville. While we got you, Senator, wanted to switch gears, talk about a bill you're interested in, the Protection of Women in Olympic and Amateur Sports Act, which aims to ban biological men from participating in women's athletic competitions, specifically seeks to prevent biological men from taking part in any women's sporting events under the jurisdiction of the U.S. Olympic Committee. Talk to us about why this is a priority for you. Well, I never thought I'd be talking about this, being a coach of 40 years, uh, being part of Title IX, where basically it's probably the best law ever uh, come up with up in, in, here in Washington, D.C. It made it equal for men and women to have their own sports, to be able to compete and learn the things that you learn in life and growing up, and also be able to compete and some making money. But uh, of course, the Democratic Party is totally against gender. They do not like women. They want women to be extinct. And now they're getting into athletics to make sure that, hey, Let's don't let women learn from sports. Let's attack them by letting biological men compete against them. And as you said, I'm, I made a, a, a bill last week and, and we're pushing it that, that basically says, and even in the Olympics, you cannot allow men to compete against women. They're, they are now making it legal in the Olympics for men to be able to box against women. Now you want to talk about a disaster this is going to be a total disaster. And, and again, this is all about the Democrats. Uh, no common sense, n no thought about the future for anybody other than themselves and the attack on women. It is just it's 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 against the law of what they're doing. They know it, but they're going to continue to push it because they think that this will transition our country into something that it's never been. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, and I have to agree with him, it is hard, difficult to believe that we are actually talking about this. And news surfaced yesterday that Alabama Democrats, maybe it's national Democrats, but they want to try and wrangle former Alabama football coach Nick Saban to run against former football coach Tommy Tuberville. 
swap out one football coach for the other. Does that mean they think the people in Alabama will only vote for a football coach? I mean, if you're in Alabama, is that insulting to you or funny? I have no idea if that's something they created or if Nick Saban has ever given any indication of having any interest in politics whatsoever. Be sure to keep up with all of the news. There's plenty of it, and it's always breaking. All day on Newsmax, available on most major cable systems. Make sure you're on Newsmax Plus as well. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com. Sign up for your free trial if you're not already signed up. It includes all of your favorite shows. Rob Schmidt Tonight, The Balance with Eric Bowling, The Record with Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly Reports, and more analysis from people like Governor Mike Huckabee, KT McFarland, Carrie Lake, Alan Dershowitz, documentaries, special programming, and more at NewsmaxPlus.com. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to the Newsmax Daily. And don't forget, aside from everywhere that you may get your podcasts, it's now available on the Newsmax YouTube and Rumble page as well. Enjoy the rest of your hump day and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.